Welcome to Road to Play Podcast. I am your game master, Kent Blue. We are an actual play podcast where I play tabletop role-playing games with my friends from all over the world. So if you're ready, grab a player sheet, grab some dice, and let's roll to play. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Roto Play Podcast. We are back this week with a from behind the screen. Haven't done one of these in a while, but something's been on my mind lately that I've been thinking about, and I was talking about it online. And a couple of gentlemen you're going to meet here in just a moment uh, chimed in and said they'd like to discuss this as well. It's imposter syndrome. I think it's something a lot of us deal with, uh, whether you're designing RPGs or, I mean, really at anything. I think imposter syndrome can creep up quite a bit. For me, it, it I get mine a lot from making this podcast. But we'll get back to that in just a moment. Let's meet by the two people that are coming on to co-host. Uh, we'll start with Tim Devine. You've heard him on Road to Play quite a few times already. Uh, Lasers of Feelings, Dr. Magnet Hands. Well, you've been on here quite a bit, Tim. Yeah, you, you, you keep inviting me, so... I'll keep coming back. Well, you keep saying yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, Thanks for having me. Yeah. And then also, I have a first time, I believe, on the show proper. Uh, you heard him on the Kids on Bikes episode that we did over on Victory Condition Gaming. I have Alan Barr from Gallant Night Games. Welcome to the show officially, Alan. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. That's my best uh, TV personality voice. <laughs> Thank you. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> So, Alan, uh, let's just start. You, you know, since you haven't uh, been on the show proper, tell us just a little bit about what you got going on. A little bit about Gallant Night Games. Uh, anything you really want to talk about? Sure. So, uh, Gallant Night Games is my shockingly uh, tabletop role playing game company. I make uh, all sorts of tabletop games. Um, I also do project management for a few other companies I'm involved in, including Nocturnal Media, the publishers of Pendragon. Hypernote Press, the publishers of Planet Mercenary, which I was the lead slash sole rulers, rules designer on, um, and then a variety of other small projects here and there. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't. That's me. I do, I do games. I make games. I play <laughs> games. Well, you've got quite a bit of them. Uh, the the whole tiny, uh, what is it, the tiny tiny? Uh, no crap. Tiny D six. Tiny D six. Yes, that's uh, what I was looking for. Our, our flagship line of games is Tiny V6, which is a minimalist role-playing game. Well, I like minimalist. I know I was just ba- uh, I was the backer on the Tiny Wasteland. Just recently picked up the Tiny Frontiers, uh, Mecha, Mecha, and Mecha. Mechas and monsters. Yeah, Mechas and monsters. Uh, so yeah, yeah, those are uh, those are fun ones. Wasteland is coming along nicely. I actually just posted an update tonight to the. Computer. I just read that. Yep, me too. <laughs> it's very exciting. And that was your yeah, that, was that your third uh, your third tiny D six series successful Kickstarter? Fourth. Fourth. Because we had we Frontiers, we had Mechas and Monsters, we did Tiny Dungeon Second Edition, then we did Tiny Wasteland. That's Technically Tiny Dungeon Second Edition did so well it funded a revised edition of Tiny Frontiers. So we squeezed wow. two in with that project. Well, I'm excited to play it. I know I watched uh, Doug, Doug and them do. You ran them through uh, through a session of it uh, on Victory Condition Gaming, and I know there was a, like a giant bird that that was uh, attacking a bus. Yeah, that was uh, that was the thing that happened. <laughs> <laughs> and currently, you're running. I mean, I, I feel like I always talk about Victory Condition Gaming on this on this podcast, but that's fine by me because Doug's a good guy. But currently, you're running them through uh, campaign of Tiny Dungeon. Correct. One of our stretch goals. For the Tiny Dungeon 2e Kickstarter was a once a month campaign of Tiny Dungeon, and at the end, I will write up all the sessions as an adventure path, and we'll publish it. That's really cool. I know they had had a misadventure with with some babysitting recently that, that I quite enjoyed. They've had a lot of misadventure, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we are here to talk about imposter syndrome, something that really um, I don't think 
that I've kind of dealt with because I've always done different creative projects uh, outside of the podcast. And I think it's something I've always dealt with, but really never had a name to put with it until I started doing the podcast and kind of got more into the role playing tabletop role playing world. And I started hearing I started hearing imposter syndrome kind of thrown around. And the more I listened to people talk about it and the more I looked into it, I was like, yeah, I think that's kind of what I've been dealing with a lot in my life. So I guess it's kind of nice to have a name for something that, that has kind of been a, been a barrier that stands in my way at times. So what what do we, what do we kind of define imposter syndrome as? Um, all right, so imposter syndrome, uh, I just looked, at, you know, looked it up on like Wikipedia. It says it's a psychological pattern in which people doubt their accomplishments and have persistent, often internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. So yeah, imposter sy- syndrome, uh, feeling like a fraud, which is... I don't know. I guess that's kind of what I feel. Is that kind of what you guys feel whenever you uh, kind of imposter syndrome kind of gets in into your head or I guess we're just kind of, you know, freeform talk about it a little bit and about what it is, how, you know, kind of what it, what it looks like to you, you know, kind of define for like me in the podcast. I feel, you know, really, I feel like I'm never doing a good enough job. I feel like my podcast is subpar, even though I have people listening to it, I'm always, concerned that i'm not doing a good enough job and you know and that there's always much better podcasts out there and so that's kind of how i what it is for me which i imagine being game designers is kind of you know it probably definitely affects y'all a little bit well probably in the same similar way but you know different different version of sure so i mean what one of the big ones for me is if a project doesn't do as well as a previous project on Kickstarter or critical reception or whatever, right? So because a tiny dungeon did uh, sixty grand on Kickstarter, and uh, I mean Tiny Wastelands did thirty, what thirty two and change, something like that. So you know it's easy to get in your own head and go, oh oh God, I'm. This is where people find out I'm a fake. I'm not a good designer. This is where my career crashes and burns. Yeah, it's easy to let that negativity, you know, overwhelm you. Yeah, that's kind of and, similar. And I, Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I was going to say. I think, I think my biggest point of imposter syndrome comes less when, when I'm writing or when I'm when I'm heads down in the creative process but more when i step back and interact with people whose opinions are based on my creative process be it customers backers what have you yeah yeah i think mine really comes in a lot where mine hits it hits me real hard when i post an episode that i felt really good about uh, and then I watch the numbers and it's, and it doesn't trend like in line with some of my other episodes. So that really, that really shakes me. Cause I'm like, okay, well, when I think I'm doing good, you know, if I thought I, that episode was really good and it's not doing good as the others, then, you know, I mean, how good could I really be at, or how, how well this could I be doing if, if what I think is a really great session doesn't do as well. So what about you, Tim? What have you got kind of, well, it's, it's a, a yeah, I, Again, I'm really, I'm really like thankful to, to be part of this conversation because, uh, you know, Alan. I, I look, I look at Alan and I see like the the successes lining up, and I see, I see a, you know, where where Gallant Knights is. It looks like it's going, and and to me as a person trying to to step foot into the arena of of game design, it, it looks like wow, you know, that's that's making, you know, that's there, and and to hear, you know, Alan, you being so candid about, you know, having having your own imposter syndrome. You know, it 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 just uh, it's it's very it's very interesting to hear, and also like a little a little bit, and I, I hate saying it this way, but a little bit comforting that that nobody is just out there just sitting there saying, you know, like, you know, no, this is this is it. This well, I'm, I, everything's completely fine and, and comfortable, and you you should oh you're feeling that you, you shouldn't be in this realm. <laughs> to to be fair, there is probably somebody out there going, this is great, but it, it, it's it's not me. <laughs> right. Well, for and for for me, it's I, I've never um, not not I don't think there's anything I've ever done that I've because I never really heard even this phrase anything I've ever done where this has been a thing that that I've thought about or heard about, and and uh, I think it's I think it's partially because all the media 
mediums that I've enjoyed, like movies, TV, video games, or, or games in general, when I look at it, I, I see, oh, well, that's not something I can do, so I can just enjoy it. I don't have to compare myself to, to other people who have done it or other things that are out there. But as soon as I start to create... And then I, like you said, Alan, you're, while you're in it, you're creating and you're thinking like, oh my God, I'm, this is, this is flowing well, this feels good. And then you pop your head above the cubicle and look around and see that there's thousands of other cubicles and everybody else has these, these trophies on them. And you're like, hmm, <laughs> maybe, maybe I should stop. <laughs> that, I mean, it, and the Kickstarter ecosystem, I mean, we, Gallant Knight has been very successful on Kickstarter and we couldn't. We couldn't do what we do without Kickstarter, right? It'd be a it'd be a fiscal impossibility for me to create role playing games without Kickstarter. Um, but it is an ecosystem that is brutal on your emotions. My first Kickstarter, I didn't know you could change it. So when somebody unbacks your project, it doesn't email you. Instead, every time somebody unpacked Tiny Frontiers, I got an email. Oh wow! Every time somebody lowered their pledge, I got an email. You, you wanna you wanna talk about a quote make crazy situation? <laughs> you're watching your email come in, and you're like, oh, someone, some somebody unpacked. Crap! Should I message them? What did they unpack? What did I do wrong? What what's the issue? And I happen to know, in my case, I back a lot of Kickstarters. I backed, I think, two hundred to date. Um, and I probably backed and unbacked three times that amount just because of financial changes in my life. Like it's never personal. I like what they're doing. I want to support them, but sometimes I don't have the money. Sometimes yeah. I do. Right. Yep. And so my logical brain's going, don't message them. This is fine. This is normal. <laughs> You're still getting more backers today than you are unbackers. But the emotional brain, the creative brain, the, the drive to, to satisfy the, ego because no creative is going to publish something without an ego no matter how insecure i feel about my product i have enough of an ego to say you should give me money for this because it's that good right there's a minimum amount of ego required yeah um and that that conflicting sort of teutonic grinding in your emotional state is disruptive to, to mental health emotional health yeah, I think, you know, I think I've always, I can't see like my subscribers for the podcast, man, maybe I'm just not smart enough to figure it out, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of thankful for that because I feel like that, you know, seeing numbers go, you know, episodes doing, trending a little bit lower than the other ones um, is different because I feel like, you know, people probably come to my podcast, like they'll find episodes of games they're looking for. Cause I know that's what I do. I look at a bunch of, of podcast i find specific games that people are running you know and i you know but if i could see my subscribers and i think see if whenever someone was subscribed i imagine that, that would just that'd be very difficult for me so i can only i can only imagine i've always thought about kickstarter like that and people who run it and you know i just kind of admire people that do kickstarter because I, I know just but because of my habits where you know i'll back a project and like you said just financially something happens and i can't and having to back out of it and just so i you know i kind of have that you know respect for people who do kickstarters like, and have that that's you know kind of thicker skin that that can take that and see you know maybe pledge levels and stuff going down and but still push forward and know that they have something worth worth doing and just just keep going with it because I don't know that I, I don't know that I could. I, I don't know which. I mean, I've never been in that position, but I don't know that. It, um, just knowing myself, I think that I, I don't know that I'd be able to hold back messaging someone. You know, I don't know that if my logical brain would win out. Luckily, my wife's logical brain is better than mine. <laughs> That's interesting that you said that. I say that I say that constantly about mine. <laughs> I mean. But, it, but it's true. The creative process is a minefield of imposter syndrome. Once I figured out how to turn off the unbacker emails, that I get the daily totals. You know, oh crap, we went down today. We actually less lost money compared to how much we funded, right? More people unbacked than funded. Oh crap. Or, sweet, I launched. I'm doing great. Oh no, massive company A has launched a new edition of 
Numenera. <laughs> <laughs> so now, now I get to see that every time I look at my Kickstarter. <laughs> I get a, I have to celebrate. We did 25k, and they're like, we can almost make 600,000 for our 20 million stretch goal. You know, it's there. There, it's, it's a minefield out there, especially if you're somebody who has a history of. I'm trying to think how to phrase this in the best way. Especially if you're an individual who has struggled in the past with self-esteem or self-worth. Yeah. It's 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 rough. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't think there's any way around it other than it, it's hard. Yeah. Um... You know, I, I, my, I, had, I had struggles with self-esteem and stuff. It came in much later in my life than, you know, I'm like into my mid-20s is when I first started. I've gotten over it now, but, um, you know, but I think that created just this this fear. I think that really kind of enhanced this imposter syndrome in me that because I felt that way about myself that I project that onto everybody, you know. So, like, another way that with the podcast specifically where uh, another, I guess, instance of imposter syndrome I have or, or how it gets in my way is, you know, I want to grow my show definitely. Um, so, and I know by doing that is getting more exposure. So I see people all the time on like Twitter and stuff, you know, they come out and they say, you know, I want to come on podcasts or I want to be on podcasts and, you know, I'll like get an email ready. And then I'm like, well, why do they want to come be on my show? You know, what my show is not, is not good enough to, or why would I, why would they want me on their show? I'm nowhere near the level that they are or anything like that. Uh, so that's kind of, you know, a big thing I, I work, I'm trying to work through and, you know, actually sending those emails and reaching out to people. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I wanted to be on your show and I was afraid to ask when I, I was running tiny waste sons, I wanted to do an interview. I wanted to talk about it, but I was afraid to bring it up. And, and, and that's my issue, right? This is not a thing to make you feel bad. Because um, we, we've done some podcasts together. You're a smart dude who has great opinions about the hobby. I wanted to come on and talk to you about my game. But I was afraid to. I, I was like, oh, Kent won't want to talk to me. I, I'm not good enough to be on Kent's show because I'm not out there creating, you know, what I'll affectionately call indie design darlings, right? I, in, a, in a lot of ways, I kind of make popcorn RPGs. I'm like the Michael Bay RPG, except less successful. By, Don't say that. By, by, by like an order. Well, you get what I'm saying, right? Like, there's a feeling of my RPGs aren't innovative. My RPGs aren't different. They're they're the same game that everybody else is already playing. So why would Kent, who I view as somebody with a great read on the pulse of the innovative in theory RPG industry, that doesn't include me in my eyes? Why would he want to talk to me on his podcast? Right? Like, that's that's a thing in my head. And, and that's hard to get around. And, and the problem with imposter syndrome is it's not consistent. It's it's not, not something you can just go to a doctor and get medication for, like, depression. It's But it, it's, it can be as impactful as those other mental illnesses, right? Yeah. It can wreck your ability to... So, okay, so it, it <laughs> you know, it's weird that, that you said that about being on my show because, you know, there have been been times that I've wanted to ask you to come on and be a player on some of the games or even to talk to you about things. So the interview thing, I want to talk to, well, interviews are weird works, but like stuff like this, to talk to people, that's the hardest for me because I'm like, I really don't feel like I'm a good host. So that really stands in my way, uh, you know, of bringing people on and then, you know, I wanted to, there was a couple games I was like, well, I think I'm going to ask Alan. I was like, well, I don't know if he'd be, you know, it's, it's my own deal. It's like, I don't know if he'd be into this, this silly little game I'm going to run or, you know, stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's, it's weird how, I mean, I guess that's what imposter syndrome is, is you're, you're, you know, you're getting, pro- projecting your own out of stuff out there on people and, and making up your, their mind and in your own mind, you're making up their mind for them. It's good that I know that now because I would I'm definitely definitely reach out to you and, and bring you on, play games, and, and talk about different things. So, well, my my subtle way to getting included <laughs> was successful. Good job, Alan. But so I, I want to ask Tim. So Tim, mm-hmm. as as somebody who I mean we're all at different levels, right? Kent comes in from the the media side of the RPG industry, the podcast side, right? 
I come in from a I'm a I'm a on the low level, but I'm an established publisher, right? You're you're kind of in between that. You're 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 gonna you're an up and coming developer, right? You you don't have a studio. You're not somebody with a backlog of games. You're somebody starting out in a sense, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the backlog of games that I have are the ones on my burning burning a hole in my shelf because I I am too too frightened to to put a, a finishing stamp on them. <laughs> Right, I get that. Yeah, yeah, but that, that is my, the, you should see my Dropbox. I get that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's so, uh, you, you hit it on the head. That's that's where I would view view myself. My my wife and I both hack and play games, and uh, and uh, we're we're approaching that point where we we you know we've been told enough that that what we have is you know there's quality there, and so now we're trying to sort of piece it together. So, so I have a question for you then, Tim. Mm-hmm. So at at that level. What what do you feel is if you had to pick a singular point where you feel your imposter syndrome is sort of the most rampant, the most in force? Where does that land for you, and why do you think that is? That's a good question. I think uh, I think for me, I mean, it's definitely something that I've come to realize only through this particular hobby slash potential future, uh, you know, businesses is. I, I feel it, and you said it really well. Where you said it, it's not—it's inconsistent, and it's not something you can always plan for. For me, it's like a, a game of red light, green light, of of momentum. I'll be I'll be designing. I'll, I'll have these these things going well. I'll play them with my group here. They there's a, there's a great you know great uh, response to it, and then I'll 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 hit up a, a person who I've connected to on social media, who is an established game designer who I really respect and who, who gave me a little bit of insight and I'll, I'll bounce something off of them and I'll get this amazing response that fills me with all of this momentum. Right. And that's the green light. And so I start going and I'm okay. Now we got this, we got this. I'm going to, you know, got to get everything lined out and who, you know, and then all of a sudden I'll see a few things or I'll read a few things or I'll reread what my work is, or I'll have like kind of a slump in create, you know, in writing. And then I'll, it, it'll, it'll just a red light turns on. It's like, okay, no, no, this isn't, I, I'm not, I mean, this isn't on the level that the other people are on that, you know? So, so I think for me, it, it comes in mo- with uh, specifically momentum. I don't have it ever when I'm creating, I don't have it ever when I'm playing or running a game. Uh, it only comes in when I kind of look at the playing field and I'm getting either momentum, good encouragement from people that are established in the industry, or my friends who who are you know supportive, uh, or and then and then I hit that imposter syndrome red light of of but this isn't this, there's no way that this is going to be something that anyone's going to want to play. Does that does that answer? No. I, I, I think so, right? And and to me, from a standing back perspective, the, the interesting thing about imposter syndrome, besides the fact that it sucks, is that we all experience it kind of differently, but it's always the same, right? Like it, it's you know how. how how Kent describes when his subscriber numbers drop or the performance of a podcast isn't the same. I go, I don't know that exactly because I don't make podcasts, but it basically feels the same as when I get less backers on a Kickstarter project or I have less sales for the month yeah. or I get a forced or a review. We all get to experience this phenomenon differently, but it's always kind of the same. And I, and I think that's the point I wanted to highlight with that question. Just, I'm looping back around now. I'm going to sound super smart. I didn't mean this when I started this thread. Mm-hmm. But th- is that when somebody says they have imposter syndrome, it, it's like 99% of the time probably going to feel just like yours. Right? Like the things that are frustrations for them, you know, backers, subscribers, those things are basically the same thing with a different name. They have a different impact. In the business sense, in a lot of ways, but they're the same. So when when Kent talks about imposter syndrome, I can go, yeah, that I feel that. That's how I feel. That's the same thing I have to experience. Yeah. And and when you Tim, when you talk about this, even though we're at different levels, and you know, I go, yes, what, what Tim is saying, I feel that. I still feel that. 
it might come to me through a different route, a different road, but I still have to feel that. And it feels the same as what Tim is describing right now. Yeah, I think I think that uh, that's it's it's very interesting because I I didn't even learn the term or the you know anything about imposter syndrome except through hearing or, or seeing through through podcast interviews of game designers or uh, on Twitter people's tweets about you know different things and the phrase kept coming up uh, you know big time uh, streaming gamers who have been doing this for a very long time are mentioning that they have this thing and uh, and so I'm I'm you know I, I start piecing it together. You know, watch a TED talk by uh, Mike Cannon Brooks, and and I'm like, I have that, <laughs> and it's what you described. It's like they have these things, but they're on totally different levels or in totally different industries. But it's so familiar. Yeah, I think it's. I think it. I guess it is probably something that all creative types probably deal with. I, I, you see, so many people talk about it that it just has to be a. I don't know. Well, I had I had one thing that I wanted to say after hearing you both talk about. Uh, uh, kind of like, kind of like the that that you know the scene in the movie where where the the person looks back at the other person, hoping that they'll turn at the same moment and they'll catch eyes before they leave, but then they they don't, so they leave, and then the other person turns around too late. That's how it was kind of like with you guys talking about who you know wanting to be on a sh- on Kent's show and then Kent wanting it. it. For for me, it was like I all I did was listen to podcasts, and that's what got me so in, interested in this hobby. And uh, Kent put out a. Um, uh, thing on when his when his podcast first started, I, I was so fortunate to be able to see like one of your first like tweets or or social media things where I was like, oh, this is a new a new podcast. I'd love to I'd love to you know see see what, uh, hear a new one. I queued it up and and you said at the end of yours, if you want to play a game with me, just hit me up. And I thought I'm gonna do that. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hit up a podcast person and say you know he wants to play a game. And you did. You said yes. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. <laughs> So I th- I think that that is I mean that me putting that at the end of my podcast is exactly kind of a way that I try I don't know if it's that I'm trying to get over my my the imposter syndrome but it's I'm like hey if you want to be on my show ask me don't make me ask you because I'm frightened terrified of that that you're going to say no because you don't think I'm good enough so I, th- I think I should. Me doing it that way, you know, is putting it in people's hands to take it off mine to say, well, you think I'm good enough because you're asking to come on my show. <laughs> it's my way of diverting the responsibility of it, I guess. Well, and and we all have different coping mechanisms, right? For how we handle our imposter system. You know, putting the ball on somebody else's court is a coping mechanism. Yeah. Right? I mean, I, I have mine... I'm Tim. I'm sure you have yours. Tim, what are some of yours? I'm curious. Co- coping mechanisms. I want to. I want to steal them. <laughs> Co- you mean you mean coping with imposter syndrome? Yes. Oh gosh. Uh, well, well. Let Let's put it this way. I I have uh, I've released two games that are hacks of lasers and feelings that I was too embarrassed to put out until I had a person uh, tell me that I should do it and I should talk to the per the to John Harper who designed the game originally and and. and just to just direct message him. So I had somebody, I, I was leaning on their sort of advice. So my coping mechanism there was to just shut up my brain and just go with someone who knows what they're talking about. What's the worst that can happen. And it turned out really well, you know, for that, that scenario. And then the next thing was a similar one, similar, similar coping mechanism for me was my wife. I would say, I think I'm, I think I'm going to cancel. I don't think I can do this, this thing with, with Kent on, on role to play for this lasers and feelings. I, I just, I don't think I'm going to, I don't, I'm not an actor. I'm not an improv person. Never done anything like this before in my life. I don't think I should do this. Uh, and, and she, you know, I get from my wife, the kind and loving, shut up, you're doing this. So, so I, I shut up my, my imposter syndrome and I listened. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, the other thing that I, that's my coping mechanism right now, which I think is more of a crutch than it is um, something that I, I would want to have forever, um, is I, I reached out to somebody for advice who then, about a game who then took interest in it and wants to make it with me. And that's sort of the the uh, I know it's it's done a lot, but for me the reason I say it's a kind of a crutch potentially is is you know maybe I was afraid of doing it by myself, maybe I didn't think it'd be good enough, but this person knows what they're talking about, they've done it, they're gifted, and maybe maybe with them it could be our game instead of just my game or my me and my wife's game, and I'm doing that on two different projects right now, and it it 
it's a sense of relief on one side. Um, and, and I, you know, who, who knows if it'll, if this will, if they'll work out, but you know, at the same time, it's like, I, would I have done it if I hadn't partnered, you know? So I guess my mechanisms right now are more like shutting my brain up and going with who, you know, going, going with somebody who's done it. So I don't think that would apply to you as much, Alan, since you'd be the person that I would actually be doing that with in this scenario. But no, I mean, I do that too, right? If you look at some of the names I collaborate with, I mean, I, I worked with Stuart Week for almost a year as an employee at Nocturnal Media. You, you want to talk about working with somebody who you can never match. <laughs> Try working with one of the three guys who founded White Wolf. <laughs> I mean, aside from Gary Gygax, I don't know if there's a name as prevalent in the RPG industry as the Weeks and Mark Green Hagen, right? Right. Yeah. Like, that's... I, I get it. I, I had to live that for a year where every time I brought something like, but and my, my thing was always, here's a, here's a suggestion, but if you don't want to do it this way, I totally understand it. I completely defer, you know, I, I was always caveating what I was doing. Right, right, right. And, 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 you know, and Stuart said something to me that, uh, that really changed the way how I approached how I handled myself um, in the game industry, and what he said to me was, uh, you know, we were we were talking about I don't remember what we were talking about exactly, but he uh, he told me, I mean, I think it was it was after he bought Galenite Games, and I asked him, I just point blank one day, I was like, why did why did you do this? I've had two successful Kickstarters for a whopping total of twenty four grand. Like, I am it, it, in a sea of small fish. I am like the smallest fish. I'm basically like, uh, like a crawfish, <laughs> you know. And he said something to me that changed the way I kind of looked at how I interacted inside my creative field of choice. Which was, he felt as though, and, I, and I'm paraphrasing here. This is not an exact quote. He felt as though I was capable with, of being the kind of person who could make games that would mean something to people and that I could do it well. And he felt that I would have a legacy that mattered and he wanted to make sure he helped me achieve that and he wanted to make sure that he got to be a part of it. And I think for a lot of us creatives who suffer from imposter syndrome, you know, and, and I can't speak if Stuart did or not. I'm, I'm sure he did, especially when they were starting. Um, but remembering that at some level, especially in this industry where we work, we all come from the same place, with the same ideas, and you know, kind of the same goals. We all want to, we all want to make games and tell stories in some way that matter, right? Maybe they matter because they're fun. Maybe they matter because they change the, change the way somebody looks at something. But we, we're here because we want stories to matter. And, and it, it's a lot easier to get around your imposter syndrome when you look at the common ground you have with people who are more successful or the common ground you get people with who are less successful. You, when you... When you and realize that you're all coming from the same place, and in a lot of ways, you're always going to share the same struggles. That's that's huge for kind of approaching your opposition in a way that I think you can deal with. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good point. Uh, my like my wife and I, when we when we agreed that we were going to start down this path. Um, the the number one goal we, we wrote we, we have this big whiteboard in our in our office that we just we just fill up all the time and we one of the first things that we like agreed on was this is this is not to replace our day jobs this is not to make money if it does that's different but that's not the goal the goal is we want our game shelf by the time our children are old enough to play all these games we want our game shelf to have our games on it too and and so even if we're the only ones that are playing those games it, that that was like kind of the goal so we're making them with that in mind and coming back to that is very refreshing at times where it's like oh i don't know if i don't know if this idea because you know i i i love what you said about 
you making games that that matter you know making games that like that that you know make that matter to people and that, that you know because I, I i don't want to make a game just because i want someone to go wow he did a good job with that mechanic you know or wow he really spun that you know or turned that on its head you know i, I want to make a game that highlights uh, an area of storytelling that maybe isn't as highlighted as often or or even right now at all and so it is about providing people the option to ability to tell stories. But anytime I get too far down the path of, of, you know, the imposter, imposter syndrome kind of rears its head coming back to what you were talking about. of like, well, you know, what are you doing? What's your, what's your, that, that purpose, that core purpose of what you're even doing it for. Sorry. I'm just, I'm just really thinking about everything I've said. You know, it's all, all very, everything you guys just said is very good. Uh, it just kind of, you know, gave me a lot to think about. Um, Cause I don't know. For me, I don't. I don't. It my. It's really when I try to push past. It's it's very rare that I push past this imposter syndrome that I have. You know, it's there's so many like emails I've started writing or you know tweets I've started to send or or stuff like that and uh, you know and I just don't. So it it you know you know um, it's the stuff you guys have been saying about it and everything. And like, it just even Tim, like, like you were saying, the perspective of why I'm doing this, you know, and keeping that front and center of my mind, you know, just, I think those are good steps to, to pushing myself to, to, to kind of working on getting past, you know, work, figuring out ways to get past this. I know, I know one thing that always helps is just seeing, you know, other people doing podcasts. One of the, one of the best things for me to see is someone when they like show their setup and it's in their bedroom. Cause I'm like, Oh, you know, that podcast that I listen to, that's, that's pretty popular. I mean, they're just, they're like me, they're doing it out of their bedroom. You know, not everybody has an elaborate setup with, with, you know, professional mics and, and sound <laughs> and all that. You know, there are a lot of these podcasts I listen to They're they're in the same boat of, you know, at 11:30 at night editing a podcast getting it ready sitting there trying not to fall asleep at their laptop to get it posted the next day yeah it's it's, it's one thing that i i've really really grown to love about just this community of of game people people who either content creators game creators game players streamers everybody's so open and willing to discuss the reality of the situation it isn't that facebook friendship where it's they're only posting pictures of the successes and the wonderful glory it's like you see people's <laughs> blood and guts on the on the tweets and 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 posts that are going out there of what you know what it what it's really like and it's refreshing it's 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 welcoming it's not it's not like anyone's trying to keep anyone out yeah yeah everybody's so and you know so open with it and you know i think that helps a lot is is seeing that other people uh, you know are going through it just i mean just like this this entire conversation just hearing it you know from you guys and, and you know even though even though we're all kind of i mean you know you guys are are producing games and, and making games and you know that's you know and i'm on well, I'm the guy who wants to play your games and feature them on my show, uh, that we are all experiencing the same thing and that everybody, uh, you know, it's kind of the same for everybody. It kind of gets in everybody's way and, and we all have different ways of kind of overcoming it or trying to. Well, one of the things, uh, and I don't know, I don't know how this applies to both of you. So I'm curious to know if like what your thoughts are, but, uh, one of the things that comes up in my mind a lot when, when, um, when I'm either either at the beginning of a of an idea, like the the seed of a project that I get really excited about, or or maybe maybe during a project that shifts in another direction, and I and I lean back a little bit and I say, should this be made by me though? I'm convinced the game needs to be made. I'm convinced that it, it, it that that it would people would enjoy this ability to play a story to play a game or tell a story in this way or this type of story. I'm convinced that. I've already convinced myself that that should be on the table somewhere, but maybe it shouldn't be made by me. Does, does, I don't know if that makes sense to you guys, that, that statement. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, not really with, with, not with my podcast, but like I used to really want to like be a screenwriter, like really bad. Like I wanted to do that. And I mean, that fits perfectly. I would, I would start writing a script or start writing something or outlining. And I was like, you know, this is a story I want to be told, but I think that somebody could do it, you know, much better than I can do it. So, yeah, I mean, I understand exactly, exactly what you're talking about, that feeling. And I mean, honestly, that stopped me in my tracks way too much. 
Alan, what about you? Have you does that does that resonate at all? Uh, yes, although I'm not sure it resonates in a way that ties to imposter syndrome for me. I, I think being, if I'm being totally frank, it, it resonates more to am I qualified to do the topic justice? And, and not from an imposter syndrome standpoint in a lot of ways for me, but from a do I have the knowledge and the depth and the background for this? Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely see that. To, to me, when I look at a project and go, is this for me? Or, or I have an idea and I go, is this for me? A lot of the times before the, the imposter syndrome doesn't set in until I actually start a project I intend to release. If I'm just noodling around for a home game or I'm just kind of spitballing ideas, I never have imposter syndrome at that point. For, for me, it manifests when I start working. Gotcha. Yeah. For, for the for the projects in creation, I always go, you know, this is a great idea, but maybe I don't know enough. Like uh, today I was talking to a friend. I was like, you know, it would be really fun. I'd love to do kind of an Arabian Nights fantasy game. And we were talking to him like, you know, I probably just don't know enough about this topic to do it justice. And I don't have time to learn, so I'm not going to do it. And it... And it's not an imposter syndrome choice in a large sense. It's a choice of recognizing my limitations and and making a decision based on that knowledge. Which I think is an important point to realize that a lot of things feel like imposter syndrome that sometimes aren't. Yeah, I can def I can definitely see that. Yeah. I think in the in this case in this case I uh, I, I guess it was more. More not not so much like you know there's there's definitely things like that when you you bringing up the the uh, like Arabian Nights type thing like there's there's settings or there's there's uh, types of things I think about and then I think the scale is is beyond what I have the time to put into it the research involved is more than the time I have to put into it definitely those types of limitations come up I think I think in this case I I would like as a as a clear like just like an example um, there's a uh, you know people people that that on a regular basis are releasing micro rpgs or indie rpgs that are part of their sort of lineup I, i'm in the middle of making something and i go wow you know the, I, I like this but i think i think this belongs in their lineup i think people might play it but i think it needs to be if it was made by that person with the way things are, instead of starting from scratch i think i think i'd be sort of like in this case, the reason why I would equate it to imposter syndrome is only because if I start it, it's like, oh, well, they're just doing what this person's already doing. Uh, example, uh, so Kent, you've, you've played a bunch of his games. You you love Grant Howitt, and, yeah. and he's fantastic. I, I listened to the interview that you that you were on with him, and he, he's he's he pumps out these amazing little little games that you know I've played a couple at my table with my group, and and so if I come up with like a like a one page or a micro RPG, and I'm just like, this is this is cool, but. Who, who am I to put this out? Like, I, I don't, I mean, he's already got like kind of a, a mechanism going to release these things and people, people would enjoy it. And he's already got like the Patreon, but I, I, you know, he, he, this is his, this is his realm. I should keep my nose out of it. Yeah. I understand that. That's, that's a lot of games I think about running. Um, I'm like, well, this podcast ran that and, and did it, you know, much better than, than, you know, what I feel I could do, you know, and, and part of it, selfishly I want to challenge that narrative because I think diversity of voices even around the same story is important you know just because they ran it one way doesn't mean the way you run it won't be valid or essential to somebody one day right yeah and it's, it's easy to forget that yeah I think yeah I think that that's part of what what I guess stands in my way is I kind of I I don't know if it's if if it's part of the imposter syndrome or just a whole other thing where I, where sometimes I fall into this well that person did it they did it very well so so why should I even attempt it you know it's like it's like I almost it's like well there's one authority on, there's one authority on this game being ran and it's this podcast so why should I even try it when you know I know that because you know I do believe inside you know I, I know that we need that there are different voices are needed you know and and not not one person owns that experience you know that everybody people find value in hearing the way uh other people run things i mean that's why i listen to many different people run different games is it's for that exact reason to see what they did what choices they made and you know how they ran it how how two different 
shows with that kind of operate differently ran it ran it and try to learn from that so i know there is you know in my mind i know there is value to there being but uh, you know many different actual plays of these games out there but when it comes to making it that that other part of my mind takes over is like well you're not going to touch the quality of that game so why even attempt it I, th- I think uh, I mean for, this is just speaking as a not as a listener of podcasts because I, I I you know I have a, I have a, I mean I live in California in Southern California so I have a, I have a commute no matter where I go and uh, queuing up podcasts especially actual plays is great for me because it it helps me if I have a limited amount of time to to design I have even less time to play other people's games at my table and I want to always do that. And so when I'm playing new games with my group, I, I like, I know what my group likes. I know how we handle games and things like that. So if I'm going to try out a new game, I'd like to hear how it goes on podcast, but I don't want to hear how it goes on the same podcast every time, because if there's professional improv people, or in some cases writers or, you know, they, or, or a group that's, that just doesn't have the same, flow that my group or the same you know mannerisms that my group has like i i think that it's very valuable and to to hear like if i want to if i want to run x game uh you know tiny wastelands for instance if i if the if if i if i hadn't seen it on kickstarter and i or if i hadn't you know met you alan and 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 you know doug and and kent i didn't know it was just going to be awesome and heard heard the game you ran i'd be like "Hmm, i'm interested in that how would it work with my group i would go to podcasts or on streams and i would look it up and try to find as many people that are running it so I can just get an idea of what it's going to be like for me, and uh, the more the more actual plays are out there, the more people are going to kind of see what works for them. You know, not not everybody when they're gaming. In fact, I doubt anybody is a table full of improv actors <laughs> who are just that damn good <laughs> and don't ever stop and ask what a role is because they never do role. <laughs> they just they just play a, a, they just tell the story without the mechanics at all and uh, you know I, I, I want to hear all kinds you know yeah all right um, do you all have anything else you want to kind of talk about imposter syndrome or you know any tips I mean we kind of talked about our coping mechanisms a little bit and how we we try to overcome it and uh, stuff like that uh, is there anything else anybody wants to say about it or any other thoughts or something we haven't covered about it? I would, I would just say as one final piece that the best coping mechanism I ever discovered for imposter syndrome was to just keep working. Yeah. And just to, to tell myself to shut up and power through. And that's hard. It takes a lot of hard effort to get to the point where you can do that. But once you can, it's worth it. Yeah, I think that I think my biggest um, kind of coping mechanism is, or you know, thing I do to get over it is, I just go quick. You know, I'm like, okay. I want to write this email. I want to send it before I have time to think about it, and then deal with it afterwards. And I mean, the times I've the times I've done that, I've, I, you know, it's paid off for me. So yeah, it seems it seems like those that's sort of like in you know a ver, uh, another version of kind of what Alan was saying too. It's like you you just you just do it. You just work. You you put you know. And for for me, it's it's that and listening to other people who, who shutting up my own brain sometimes and just and just acknowledging that people who care about me or who care about the hobby are pointing you in a, in a direction and, and you can and you can then go yeah well cool I've, I've really enjoyed this chat i mean it's it's really it's done a lot for me just you know different perspectives of how each of you encounter and, and you know deal with imposter syndrome has been very valuable to me no, me too. Thank you. Thank you again so much. And Alan, thank you. I mean, it, to be able to hear like somebody's somebody who's successful in the industry pu- of publishing games and making and creative, you know, creating these games is, you know, just thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, it was my pleasure. You folks were fantastic to talk to you. And I really appreciate the good discussion. So uh, we'll wrap this up. If you guys just want to real quick touch on where people can find you online, uh, just find out about all the stuff you're doing. Uh, we'll do that. We'll start. Let's start with Alan, and then Tim. We'll we'll wrap up with you. Sure. So you can find me at alanbar.net, gallantnetgames.com, at alanbar on Twitter, or at gallantkgames on Twitter. Those are the best places. There's also gallantnetgames on Facebook. All right. Oh, uh, and you can buy my stuff, and you should. Yeah, you I'm, really should. Yeah, you should. <laughs> I, you know, I've been reading through um, uh, mechas, mechas and monsters, and you know, it's just 
when I when I when I bought it, you know, I got it on the uh, the the deal of the day, the drive through RPG deal of the day, and I mean, there's just so much content in that book, uh, so many just tiny micro settings in it, and it's just it's such a cool thing. Uh, it's, well, one, it's a cool setting. I mean, it's kind of that Pacific Rim, you know, in a role playing game. Uh, and then all the micro settings, it's just, you know, I look forward, I'm wanting to have it on the show, so I'll probably be reaching out to you about, about that, possibly running it or, or something uh, here in the future. I'll just tell you, I've never actually been a player in it. So if you want to run it and have me play, that would be just super duper cool. Well, that's a thought that used to frighten me, but then I've done it on occasion here recently. So, yeah. yeah that's, your special, that's your specialty now, <laughs> Running games for their designers. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? That is a that is a service I would pay for. <laughs> It, 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 you know, it's a fun, it's a fun thing for me to do. It, it, you know, it's, it's the whole range of emotions when I sit down to do it. <laughs> All right, Tim, lay it on us. Where, where can everybody find you and what you've got going on? Uh, I mean, you can, you can find me on Twitter, uh, GM Tim D or Dice Up Games, or you know, at GM Tim D at Dice Up Games, or uh, my wife and I uh, have our website at uh, diceupgames.com. And uh, hopefully within the next couple of months, we're going to be able to start announcing some of these projects that uh, will be going on Kickstarter. One, one definitely is going on Kickstarter, and um, we will be releasing some other things as well. But gearing up. I like teases on, on the old road to play. So. <laughs> <laughs> All oh, right. Well, if you want to tease, I've oh, got yes. something for you. Oh, yes. Let's hear it. Uh, sometime in the next... Ugh, four to six weeks we'll be announcing a major IP that Gallant Games will producing will be producing a role playing game for. Ooh. So I'll let the speculation commence. Speculate oh, away. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> I am too. I, I, that that is very, very exciting. All right, everybody, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, thank you guys once again for coming on and, and, and you know just kind of having this real kind of open chat about imposter syndrome. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Visit Roll2PlayPodcast.com for more information. R-O-L-L-2PlayPodcast.com Like us over on Facebook at Roll2PlayPodcast. Follow us on Twitter at Roll2PlayPod. Have a question or comment? Email us at Roll2PlayPodcast at gmail.com If you want to play with a game with us, just hit us up on any of our social media and let us know. And lastly, our music is the intro track from the Spellbreaker EP by Tritachion. Visit soundcloud.com slash tritachion.